Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone's got to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in to episode 169, the year in review, the year that was here at the uh, Fourth Line Voice Office of Enforcer Based Podcast and coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Yeah, this is it, gang. That's the end of 2021. Pretty wild. Yeah, what a year. Um, yeah, I think um, what I did today for today's episode, I, I got a little ambitious, and I, I started strong and, uh, and and faded quickly. Uh, I wanted to do, you know, because, you know, TSN and ESPN, you know, the year in review shows, the plays of the year, the misplays of the year. This might be a whole misplay of the year. I'd probably fall into that category. But, uh you know, so I kind of got, um, I, I took sound bites from different episodes. Um, although it kind of pissed me off. Some of the episodes that I wanted to take sound bites from, I couldn't, they wouldn't open for me. I, yeah, I don't know. A better computer person than I, uh, would have to figure that out. And I didn't really have the time or the patience. Um, 
But I took about, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, I just took seven, uh, from seven different interviews, um, and, and just took just kind of a, maybe a funny story or a little antidote or whatever from, from each one and, uh, and, and just threw it on there, kind of a year in review type of thing. And, um, and you know, some of the interviews that maybe, um, uh, it was kind of before I really got going on the network and on, on Facebook and, and really started throwing out the content. And I think sometimes some of the interviews sort of get lost in the shuffle and, uh, which is unfortunate. And uh, hopefully after hearing the soundbite, um, you will go back and check out the back catalog. Um, like I said, this is episode 169, right? So, um, yeah. And it, well, if you don't know, I will. And if you do know, bear with, uh, but if you don't know, um, before I got on the hockey podcast network, I had my own website, fourthlinevoice.com. And unfortunately it got hacked and I lost everything. Uh, but I think I was about 40 some episodes in. So what I did when I first got onto the network, because of course I do two shows a week, Wednesday was an interview show, and then Sunday is what has turned into now a rant show, but initially what I was doing when I first got on, because I, I, of course all the episodes were lost from my old site, and I had some I had some really good interviews on there that I was really proud of with McIntyre and Josh Mazur and Morasti and Brad Wingfeld and, and etc., Joey Tedarenko, and, um, and I wanted to get those back on well, basically back on the internet. So what I would do is Wednesday, I would do whatever the new show was, uh, the interview or what have you. And then on Sunday, I would call from the vault. And what I would do is I would just like that, I would upload all my old interviews. Um, so if you go back, uh, if you go back on to the number nine, I think the, the second episode I put out was Marasty, I think, and then I think McIntyre, I believe. Whatever. I mean, you can go, but obviously you can scroll down in the Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen, and they're all there. So, uh, but yeah, they were initially called from the vault, and it was basically from my old website. Um, and then uh, once I ran out of those, obviously, um, I turned kind of the Sunday, when I didn't have any more uh, back episodes, I kind of turned Sunday into kind of a rant show, shit show Sunday, whatever you want to call it. Um and which is, uh, you know, obviously where we, where we are, where we sit now. Um, yeah. And, uh, so, and I think a lot of the interviews, uh, like I said, um, and I should have listened to, I have, I've said this before. Like I said, I hate to give him credit, but I will. Uh, Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast, he of course runs the Enforcer Appreciation Group, the Facebook group that has like 13,000 members. Um, and he, and he kept telling me, Create a Facebook page for your show and get on here and at least you could advertise, you know, you could post it in the group here and maybe it'll get you a few more listens. Um, and I, I don't know why I held off, but I finally got on Facebook with the show and uh, I joined a number of different fight groups. Alex, uh, the hit, bra- the hits, brawls and fights page and then, and then fights. I always get in my fights and brawls and then fights, hits and brawls page. The two different groups of both group. I'm sure there's obviously a lot of crossover with members, but each group's got 20, 30, 40,000 type members. So, um, yeah, it was kind of crazy to not be on there. Uh, so yeah. So I want to thank Alec for, cause as soon as I got onto Facebook, um, that really improved my, my, my downloads, my listening numbers. So, um, and obviously exposed me to a, a new, a different audience other than just Twitter. So, um, maybe some folks that are, are listening from the show from Facebook, you know, they only started listening come episode, whenever the hell I joined Facebook, whenever that was, 
episode one, I don't know, probably about one, 120-ish, maybe 115 around there is kind of when I joined Facebook. So, um, you know, so they missed maybe the first, um, the whole 114 episodes before that, which would include all these back interviews. Um, you know, and Morasti and, and I, and I've kind of re, you know, put them out again and whatever, but, um, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of the episodes, unfortunately, um, you know, maybe if it's a player that, that, that people don't really recognize the name or whatever, it, they sort of bypass it, which is unfortunate because they're, those guys have some tremendous stories. Um, and one of the guys that I put in today in the, in the soundbite was, uh, Steve Adams, um, who, who played in the minors and, uh, and he had, he has some great stories about, uh, of course, this is with his deal with Toporowski and, and all that. And, uh, no, Steve was a great guest, told great stories, uh, playing with Mayo Rayom in Las Vegas and, uh, stuff like that. And, uh, and then of course, Bryce Davidson. I mean, he had some great stories. I mean, he, he played, he only played in the minors for a couple of years, but, uh, you know, led, managed to lead the Sunshine League and the Colonial Hockey League in penalty minutes in his two pro seasons. So, uh, and he had some funny stories and, uh, yeah, and guys like that, Roman Volpat, of course, uh, played in the NHL, played with the Moose Jaw and Prince Albert in the Western Hockey League and, um, was famously traded for Wayne Gretzky in the St. Louis Blues trade. Um, I have him on here again, another really good guest. Um, he has a few stories. Uh, I mean, Jeremy Cornish, his episode did well, but I have a couple of his stories. Uh, Steve Parsons, he, his, he was a great guest, two part guest there. Uh, McIntyre, like I said, uh, Jesse Razanzoff. Um, these are all the sound bites that I use from their interviews. And, uh, I highly encourage you guys to go not only there, full length episodes, but, uh, just go really, honestly go back to season, or season, to episode, well, I think episode one's my introduction, but episode two, and check out the vault, ep- uh, interviews if you haven't. Like I said, Morasti, McIntyre, Wingfeld, um, yeah, great, great interviews. And, uh, I, I really wanted to get them back up. Like a guy like Kent Staniforth, there's another real good one. Josh Mazer, Chris Graff, Jeremy Thompson, all these old WHL tough guys. Uh, they tell some good stories and, uh, Chris Waltz, there's another real good one. Um, yeah, like I always say with these guys, uh, just because you don't, maybe if you haven't heard of them, um, doesn't make the interview. Don't, uh, seriously, don't, uh, don't shun the interview. I check it out. All the guys are really good. So, um, that's kind of what I wanted to do in this episode. I just grabbed sound bites from, uh, from the different shows and I think it ended up being about 40, 40 minutes. And, uh, I mean, you could go all night, right? But I mean, people only have so much time, but, uh, yeah. So I wanted to do that and, uh, and that's what this episode's about. And, uh, and, and really just sort of a look back and, um, um, I'll get in at the end after the sound bites and everything. I'll, I'll talk to you guys about, uh, you know, what, what's, ha- what's happening for 2022 and that type of thing. But, uh, of course, as before we get going, I got to drop the sponsors. And, and like I've said before, um, cause it's been mentioned to me a couple of times, um, with the DraftKings ad at the, it, seriously, if you're going on DraftKings, please use the promo code THPN. Helps out the entire network. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm sure as the network hopefully uh, continues to grow and get new sponsors, yeah, we're going to be dropping ad reads and stuff in on you. I, I I get it. Believe me, I'm a podcast listener myself, and believe me, I roll my eyes with the ads sometimes, and it's overkill on some of the some of these things have ads. It seems like every ten minutes. Oh, I don't want to do that to you guys, but uh, uh, at the same time, it's much like TV with the commercials. Uh, that's what's paying the bills, right? So. Uh, I know I've had a few people bitch to me about the, about the ads. Um, 
there's not much I can do about those guys. Uh, those are the, the sponsors of the show, and that's how I get paid. And uh, so, obviously, we have to uh, mention them and get them the airtime. So that's the whole uh, the trade-off, obviously. So bear with. Um, like I said, I think there's a few new sponsors coming. So, like I said, I think there's probably going to be some more ads kind of getting dropped in. And, uh, yeah, I know. But at the same time, <clears throat> um, if it's a product that you would use... Um, I would encourage you to please use the promo code. I mean, that's the that that's the the trade off for for getting money from these guys. Obviously, is the, for the products to be used. And I know some people have used the DraftKings coupon or the promo code. Pardon me, a THPN. Um, yeah, and uh, and that's that's outstanding. I'm not trying to tell everybody if you don't gamble to start gambling, but uh, if you hey, if you want to, if you're looking into starting DraftKings, why not? Right, get, get a few bucks. Um, but yeah. But that, that's just going forward. I'm just letting you guys know that, yeah, there will be obviously be ad reads and everything else. And, uh, that's just uh, the life of the podcast, right? When you're on a network, um, that's, that's the way it is. So, uh, but yeah, guys, other than that, like I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows on the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Um, of course, with the, the break going on here and the COVID and everything else, uh, you know, there's a lot of things up in the air right now in terms of those NHL shows, but uh, I'm sure once the season gets back rolling here, they'll they'll be back at it. Uh, you know, so definitely, like I said, whatever whatever team you're a fan of, check it out. Uh, for my off-network friends, oh, of course, I got part-time Oli, old Alec down there at Five for Fighting Podcast. Uh, just got back from the Quad Cities on his vacation. I don't know, I, vacation, yeah. Guy's whole life's a vacation. He's always traveling, globe-trotting around. But yeah, he had, like I said, he headed down to Iowa. I don't know, vacation, that's a little, I don't know, that's a bit of a stretch. But anyway, when you're heading down to Iowa, but uh, hung out with Jay and those two jokers sat down and drank a bunch of beer. And uh, I don't want to say they sullied my name a little bit, but, you know, I, I, I kind of don't want to be associated with that with that type of people. But uh, they threw my name around, so, but no, they did a great job. Actually, it was the... Uh, in all seriousness, it was the top ten um, Quad City Mallard all time tough guys, and it was a it was a cool list, and it was fun to to Jay's been obviously a season ticket holder from almost from day one, and a big fan, and um, yeah, and so it was fun to hear the names that they were throwing out. So definitely check Alex show out Five for Fighting podcast. Like I said, he also has a tremendous back catalog: Yablonski, Segroy, Rob Ray, on and on. Um, yeah, definitely. And like I said, also, he is the uh, the creator of the Enforcer Appreciation Group on Facebook. If you happen to be on Facebook, join up. Uh, there's always videos and pictures and discussions to be had. I always say with these with these Facebook groups, that's about as close as you're going to get to the old fight message boards. So, um, yeah, I encourage anybody to check those out. And, uh, yeah, what, uh, then, of course... The Coliseum Chronicles, Broadway Joe Lazito, give it a Lazito. Um, yeah, it is a New York Islander enforcer podcast. Even though he's working out of MSG, he's a secret. He's a double agent, but uh, he'll always be the fisherman in my eyes. Uh, but Jolton Joe, he, he has had tremendous Fakoda, uh, Dean Ewan, Aaron Asham, Jason Strudwick, on and on. Uh, Joe is back working at MSG, and of course, at this time of year with the uh, Holiday season and everything. I think uh, Joe Joe is uh, working up a storm, and uh, 
don't know how many consecutive days he's working, so obviously that's limiting his podcast availability. Um, he's throwing out a few solo episodes. I always enjoy Joe's solo episodes, especially when he's cranky and he's complaining about like Christmas music and shit. Tremendous, love it. Um, you know, so but definitely give Joe a, give Joe a shot. Um, yeah, like I said, he, Joe sells merch. If you want to go to his website, check it out. Like I said, Coliseum Chronicles. He's got a whole store there. Oh, mugs, pens, Yule logs, the whole deal. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you check it out, you can check out Joe's Chestnuts. Oh, it's, it's, it's a great site. I'll tell you. But, uh, yeah, Broadway Joe Lazito, Coliseum Chronicles. Give it a listen. Give it a Lazito. All right, guys. Well, uh, here we are, 14 minutes in, and I have, uh, like I said, uh, I haven't timed it completely out yet, what my uh, what the sound bites were, but I think they came to about 35, 40 minutes. Um, what I'm going to do is I will pl- kind of play each sound bite, and then I will kind of just tell you the episode number and, and kind of what the bites of sound bites about. Some of them might be a minute, a couple of them are a few minutes stories, um, just to kind of get you the feel for the episode. And... Uh, yeah, I highly encourage everybody to uh, to to go after listening to this. Check out the back episodes of these of these sound bites. Um, I think you guys will really dig it. But uh, yeah, well, let's do this, and uh, I'm going to talk to you guys after after the sound bites are done. But what's what's coming forward here in 2022, and uh, we'll do all that on the other side. But uh, in the meantime, here is uh, the fourth line voice, the, the year in review. Just a few sound bites from a few, a few of my great guests. And uh, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this. All right, here we go. All right, my, uh, the first sound bite here is uh, from episode 63. Uh, and my guest was Steve Adams. He's a great guest, great storyteller. I uh, played my played in junior, uh, junior A, you know, bounced around, uh, you know, from the Ontario League and uh, BC, and uh, then played five pro seasons. And he is now runs the uh, the Inside Edge Hockey Development School in St. Albert, Alberta. And uh, Steve was a great guest. And in this sound bite, he is talking about a run in he had with legendary minor league enforcer Kerry Toporowski. So I get on the ice, and Kerry Toporowski's there, and. It's an icing call, and I'm playing forward at this point. So, and I go down, and, and we're probably, nothing's really going on. There's no fights yet. Nothing's really going on. Everybody's kind of just, the game's kind of just a little unsettled, right? And so, the puck gets dumped down into Carrie's, Carrie's corner, and it's icing, right? And I'm giving chase, and it's icing. Okay, fine. It's icing. We... You know, they blow it down, right? He touches it, blows it down. And, and and I'm just sitting there going, and I'm in awe of Kerry Toporowski because of that Spokane team. Like, in the Memorial Cup, he had 119 penalty minutes, <laughs> yeah. right? He was beating the wheels off of guys. But 505, that's no 10. That's twos and fives. Yep. Right? Playing in the Western League. Like, nobody should be able to do that and live, right? So... So you go down, and and and, and so I, I go down the ice. Like I, I give chase. It's it's a it's a it's a touch icing. So they touch it. 
to blow it down. And so I kind of stop and cause he's going to start to come up and I don't want to cut him off and, you know, kick off something, right? Like you got to treat him with some respect, right? You give him a wide berth as we would call it. So, you know, and so I'm kind of skating beside him and, and I just told him, I'm like, Carrie, like when I played in Vegas, you were on the IHL team. I said, Oh yeah. And, and I just want to say like, I'm like, I'm awesome. Like, like you're one of my favorite players. He's like, oh, really? Huh. He's like, are you hungry? And I'm like, what? And as I say what, he takes, because we, we basically use either wood sticks or two pieces, right? And we didn't have the composites yet, right? They weren't, they weren't readily available. But a lot of guys use the two pieces. But he still kind of used like a wood stick, right? <laughs> And, and as I say, what? He takes his blade, and the refs aren't watching or anything, and he takes his stick, and he just crams the blade into my mouth. Oh. Right? I didn't wear a visor or anything. And, and, and it's in my mouth, and he goes, chew on that, and then he rips it out. And how I didn't lose any teeth, because I didn't wear a mouth guard, how I didn't lose any teeth is beyond. There's a few that were loose as hell, and you just keep biting down on them to see if they'll kind of reconnect, right? But two of my molars got loose and you just keep chomping down on. Nobody saw it. Like it was just, I mean, like how many times do you see in a game, two guys skating back after an icing and in the, in the, and nobody's paying attention to what happens. Like there's a couple of oohs from the crowd, but like my bench didn't see it. Like their bench, I think their bench knew it was going to happen, but the rest didn't see it. And there's no video review at that time or anything else, but he cramped that fucking thing down and he's like, chew on that. And then who ripped it out. And I, and I got, I got back to bench and just, I'm bleeding pretty good. <laughs> and the guy was like, what the hell did you say to him? I just said he was one of my favorite players. God, don't ever talk to that guy ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I understand. Again, let's blame me for trying to be polite. I want to apologize, right? And but oh my god, did that hurt? And then it was like Jesus, that is. And I'm like to just have the gravitas to do that <laughs> as a guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if anybody saw it, that's 20 games, oh, right? Yeah. But I got I got one quick. Kerry Toporowski story when he was in Vegas in the eye. You want to hear it? Absolutely. Okay, so so this is a secondhand story. So, but I've got it confirmed that it's 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 true. So when he was playing in Vegas in the eye for the Las Vegas the the well, what were they called the Thunder Thunder when he was yep. playing for Vegas Thunder. So they they fought all the time. Like that crew, like Chris McSorley was on that team. Yep. Right. And, uh, so Topper's on that team, Quinny's on that team, all these guys are good, good players. They're good. It's a good hockey team, right? So they end up in this line brawl and Toprosi gets kind of run from behind and, and gets into a fight. But in the run from behind, apparently he gets, he gets his jaw broken, right? And he fights after his jaw's broken and beats the wheels off a guy, right? So they got to go to Houston. So they call up, um, they call up a guy. I think it was Rob, Rhett Tremblay. Remember Rhett Tremblay? Of course, yeah, he's from Saskatoon. Played for the Blades. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 
So they called up Rhett Trombley to come down because he was he was done, or it was near the end of the season. And they call him up on a, a I think it was a twenty five gamer or a five gamer at that time on an ATO um, or an ATA or whatever they want to call it. But a man with your tryout contract, and he he either missed the plane or it got delayed. And Trombley couldn't dress; he couldn't get to Houston for the game. So Toporowski had to play, and, he, and I still remember watching on the news because I was in Vegas at the time. And he ended up fighting three times, including the third fight in a line brawl with the full bubble on, and he took the bubble off to fight. <laughs> like his jaw was wired shut. Like I couldn't imagine, and I and I and I don't. I have a pretty high pain threshold, but I can handle pain. I could not imagine a jaw wired shut and you not only fight two guys, you end up fighting the third time in a line brawl. Right? Like it's it's nuts. And I like and I saw that and then I heard the rest of the story from, from a couple of guys on the Thunder and they're like, That guy is another level of of tough. All right, this clip is from uh, way back in episode eight. Again, this is from my original um, uh, website uh, way back when. But uh, I know it's I, and that's the other thing I wanted to say with this. I get that some of these aren't from twenty twenty one or whatever. But just w- work with me for this exercise. I just wanted to bring you guys some different stuff. And like I said, with the with the new listeners that I've managed to uh, pick up, um, maybe they're unaware that I interviewed Steve McIntyre. So. Um, if you want to check out the full length interview, it is episode eight. Um, and in this, uh, and of course, everybody knows Big Mac, of course, played in the Western Hockey League with the Blades and the, uh, Prince Albert Raiders and the Red Deer Rebels. Um, and then of course, Bay County Blizzard. You'll hear all, if you check out his full length interview, you'll hear all about that story and what hand the fourth line voice had in it. But, uh, um, and of course, he went on to play 14 years pro. And, uh, like I said, I don't need to sell Steve McIntyre on the listeners. You guys know who Big Mac is. Diesel. And, uh, he was a great, uh, great interview and, uh, definitely check out the full length one. But, uh, here's a little soundbite of, uh, uh, he was not happy when, uh, with, with Brent Sutter in Red Deer. And, uh, he tells that story. Uh, you end up, you, you're traded to Red Deer. Um, yeah. and Brent Sutter, were you, were you happy with the move? Did you ask for the move, or did it sort of surprise you? Uh, it surprised me. Um, and to be honest, I wasn't happy with the move. Uh, you know, it was Brent's first year uh, back from the NHL, and and uh, Brent's a very his way or no way. Yep. And uh, I didn't understand. And, and, and it's funny, you know, we talk about, the role and, and accepting the role and, and different different things. And when I was with Brent with Red Deer, I, I mean, I hated life. I, I, I hated. I mean, just you know, it was a shock. It was the first time I ever been traded. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm my coach is yelling at me and, and, and different things. And I'm not understanding what's going on. And but then, you know, it it was. It was the way uh, nothing against Brent. Brent was trying to put a team together to win, and at the time, I didn't. I I wouldn't. I mean, Brent 
was on uh, Brent Sutter was on fire. I mean, I was at that time. I couldn't care less. But you know, now looking back, he was trying to teach me how to to you know to do what I needed to do to get me to the next level. And at that time, I didn't know how. I I I, I didn't really understand. Uh, you know, I I I I, I kind of thought that it everything was against me. And, uh, you know, he was benching me or doing this, just kind of, but at the same time, looking from the other side, he was trying to figure out, okay, is this guy got it? Has he, you know, has he got what it takes? And he taught me, uh, you know, I went in there and the one thing about Brent, I had a meeting with him and, uh, he kind of called me out and he said, you know what? Cause I was at that point where I wanted to quit. And, uh, you know, Brent was like, you know what? He looked me dead in the eye and he said, you know what? He said, Macker, he said, I know you've heard this before. He said, but you quit on me now. He said, you'll quit for the rest of your life. And I never forgot that. And never have I ever forgot that. And at the time, you know, I was pretty hot under the collar. I didn't want to have much to do with him or, you know, anything to do with Red Deer. But, you know, looking back, that was, that was almost, uh, that was a maturing uh, for me, maybe not at that point, but later on in my career, I looked back and I said, you know what? He might have been a hard ass, but there was a reason why he was a hard ass. He wanted to get everything he could out of me. And, uh, you know, experience, you know, you knock it up, notch it up with experience, uh, you know, but at the same time, you go back and say, you know what, that, 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 that was an opportunity for me to... Uh, you know, take that and, and run with it or, or not. And at that point in my time, I thought, wow, you know, I know more than he does, blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm just going to do my own thing. Well, you know, I ended up getting traded to Prince Albert, which was kind of a breath of fresh air with uh, Kevin McClellan. So well, that was but looking back, you know, I had an opportunity. Uh, he was coaching for Calgary and, uh, I was in Abbotsford, or pardon me, I was in uh, Rochester and we were playing Abbotsford and, you know, I, I kind of, I was still pretty hot under the collar. I still wanted to say something to him because I was pissed off. And uh, I went right up to him and I said, Brent, can I talk to you outside? And Brent being Brent, he kind of took it like, I was, you know, we were going outside, we were going to go roll around in the parking lot. Well, he was up on the on the sidewalk and I was on the street level and I was looking at him eye to eye and I said, you know what, Brent? I said, I was wrong. I said, uh, you know, I didn't understand what you were trying to teach me. He said, but I appreciate, you know, what you're, what you taught me and, uh, or no, what you were trying to teach me back then. I'm understanding it, what you wanted now. And I appreciate it. So, and then he's like, Oh God, he said, thank God. He said, I thought we were going to go out here and roll around in the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) So, that was, you know, that was a, that was a good thing. Uh, next up here for the sound bites is the pride of St. Louis, Saskatchewan, Joey Tedarenko. Uh, Joey was the, of course, played four years in the Western Hockey League with the Portland Winterhawks, winning a Memorial Cup in 1997-98, wearing the C when he did it. And, uh, Way back when, he was episode number six 
again, from my original platform that I wanted to bring back onto the thing. So, uh, uh, from the vault, uh, number episode number six, uh, I've had actually Joey on twice. Number six from this soundbite here. This is from his full length interview that we did, and we talk about you know growing up playing in the Western Hockey League and his journey through the minors, through the NHL, and all that, all that, uh, all the stories in between. And Joey's a tremendous storyteller. I can't recommend this interview enough. Um, I had him back on uh, just recently, actually, it was probably a couple months ago uh, for my five toughest opponent series, which I like. I like having the guys come back, and uh, even though it's kind of like. Like all the fights and stuff that he would have mentioned in the five toughest, we would have talked about in his original interview. But it's more obviously we go more in depth in the in the five toughest series. But um, yeah, definitely check out this interview. Uh, Joey T is a tremendous guest and uh, a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, and and in this, uh, uh, well, well, I'll put it this way: he just talks about his first Florida Panthers camp and how that went. Enjoy. How was uh, how was your first NHL camp? First NHL camp, you know, eye opener because uh, for, first camp we went to was just the rookie camp, yep. and I, I did, they kind of told everybody at the rookie camp, um, you know, we probably won't take anybody from rookie camp to the big camp. So we had a rookie camp in Florida, and uh, you know, guys like Pete Worrell were there. Um, you know, there's some guys from the Quebec League that, you know, there's a lot of guys at a rookie camp just on tryouts. Yep. And uh, you don't know who they are, but they, they, like I said, Brian Murray liked this top guy. So it seemed like, it seemed like uh, you know, the rookie camps were, you know, who's this guy, who's this guy. I actually fought a lot in rookie camp because, you know, like the, the old saying, like, you only have so much time to make an impression, so make sure you do something, you know. My dad would always say, don't do something super stupid, but do something to get noticed. Either, you know, run somebody over or, 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 or do something. Yep. You know, you don't have much time to make an impression, especially your new at camp and stuff like that. So, you know, I remember, I think I had fought three or four times, three or four times at rookie camp and played really well. And then, you know, expecting just to go back to junior, but I actually got invited to main camp. And main camp was, this was my first year when I was 18. I just got drafted um, that summer. And so this was the, the fall, the next fall. And so I went to Florida, made it through, uh, made it through rookie camp. Peter Worrell and I and a couple, couple of guys had, uh, had made it through rookie camp. So the camp was in Prince Edward Island, Summerside PEI, where Doug McLean was from. So right from Florida, we fly all the way up to PEI. And now, you know, all the... All, all, all the pro guys are there. And so, you know, Brian Screwland and all, all the guys, that were, John Van Beesbrook, all these guys that were, that were on the Panthers at the time, you know, um, were, were there. And so that's when they're like, holy cow, this is for real. This is for real. Like all these guys that are watching TV are here. And then I remember my first skate and I remember what, what my dad said, you know, make an impression. <laughs> so the first skate we're, we're skating around and, and we're having a scrimmage and, Craig Martin's out there. Yep. And he's a huge man, huge scary man. And so I go hit him and I ask him to fight. And I think he is so surprised because I'm at 18 at the time. And he's probably like in his mid twenties and, you know, been, you know, a legendary IHL tough guy for how, however long already. And uh, so first skate, I'm 18 years old and I'm going toe to toe with Craig Martin and I actually beat him. 
And I think everybody's like, who is this Russian kid, Tedarenko? <laughs> He's crazy. Because that, that's another funny story. Because when I went, so I fought Craig Martin. And my defense partner at the time was Bob Halkidis. Nice. Bob Halkidis was, was like, I think he was 35 at the time. Like, yep. he, he played in the eye. He played in the NHL for a long time. He's in the eye. I think he was, he was with Greenboro. Or, yeah, he was with the Monarchs, Florida's farm team, like just as a veteran. And he's my defense partner. And I was quiet, not saying anything. And I remember Bob Halkidis, every time he talked to me, he'd go, I go here. You go here. And I would just nod. He's like, when I have puck here, you go here. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. Like, <laughs> what's wrong with this guy? And then all of a sudden, like, this is the three ice sessions in. Somebody goes, hey, Tess, can you grab the water bottle? I'm like, yeah, here you go, buddy. Man, is this ice session? So I'm just speaking perfect English. And he got, Bob Helke just looks over and gets so mad at me. He goes, what the fuck? You can speak English? I thought you were Russian. I'm like, no, I'm from Saskatchewan. And he was mad, and he never talked to me for the rest of the training camp. <laughs> so <laughs> it was pretty funny, yeah. Next up, uh, the soundbite is for Steve Parsons. And Steve uh, was, again, tremendous guest. Um, we actually did two parts. It's episodes uh, 69 and 70. Um I said, uh, Steve uh, actually took a really unlikely path uh, to get to to pro hockey. I mean, a big kid, but uh, you know, started uh, in the in the Rocky Mountain League and in out in BC, and then of course uh, uh, bounced around and then uh, went out and played uh, a season of Quebec Major Junior League in Laval. Then went back to the BC League and played for Nanaimo, and then into with the Fernie Ghost Riders back in the Rocky Mountain League and. On on, they started the West Coast. Then he went to Concordia University for a year. Um, you know, 178 minutes and 25 college games. You can listen to how he picked those minutes up. But then, of course, he went on to play with uh, Fort Wayne and Wilkesbury and Hershey and Providence. And uh, uh, was a like I said, really nice guy. Great guest. Tell some again. Tell some really great stories. Um, really goes in depth. Um, yeah, had a fantastic. Uh, uh, recall for the fights and uh, he, like I said he tells some great stories and uh, of course the soundbite here is of of course his the famous uh, St. Patrick's Day brawl uh, with Wilkesbury when they played Syracuse and him and Brad Wingfeld decided to uh, have, have a few bouts and uh, Steve set all, a, a bunch of penalty minute records and uh, it's a really fun story and of course uh, as well go to YouTube just type in St. Patrick's Day brawl American Hockey League, and you'll see the whole the whole thing unfold on YouTube, and you can hear Steve talk about that story and uh, and a whole bunch more. So definitely go back and check it out. Episode sixty nine and seventy. Steve Parsons, tremendous guest. Well, we're at the point now. I got to bring it up. Obviously, the infamous St. Patrick's Day massacre against Syracuse, when uh, you and Brad Wingfeld end up uh, center ice gear tarps off, everything off, and uh, you have Adder. Um, what what's your what what's your uh, t- tell us the story of that game and and everything that went into it and uh, or everything that happened and your feelings about it afterwards? Yeah, looking back on it now. Well, looking back on it now, I'm I'm mixed with like 
embarrassment and pride, right? It's like, oh my God, I can't believe I acted like that. Well, I do have an American League record for penalty minutes on a game that will never be broken either. <laughs> you know? Um, yep. <laughs> and then the punchline to that is uh, you ask someone, well, whose record did you break? And that's actually my own record. Yes, it is. So, fun fact, I'm 1-2 all time for penalty minutes in a game, which doesn't speak to my toughness, but definitely speaks to my ability to accumulate penalty minutes. Um, but that particular game, um, I'd just come off of a seven-game suspension um, for leaving the bench, an altercation. Um, and I think Winger was playing in Elmira, maybe, in the yep. U-Haul. Yep. And Sean Legault was there too. Yep. And I I I fought Legault a couple times um, the year before in preseason, and and I think he played some games in Syracuse. And I fought Legault, and I I kind of lumped Legault and Wingfield into the same kind of category of, of, of ability of toughness, you know. Which in my in, you know Jason Lawmaster was a guy in the coast. Those guys were, were good and tough in the in the coast league, but they weren't. In my opinion, American League tough guys, like, you know, they weren't, you know, I wasn't nearly worried about fighting Winger or Lego or or Lawmaster as I was about, you know, fighting Brookbank, you know, or Jody Shelley, like, or, or Jesse Bullerys. But like, that's another level, right? Those guys can really fucking go. So, Winger had been up and played games before, earlier in the year with um, Syracuse. And I remember... We were fighting one time, and he just reached down, and he grabbed my pants, and he flipped me onto my back, and he jumped on my chest, and he punched me in the face. And I get up, and I'm like, fuck you, man. What is that? He's like, what? I'm like, you come up from the coast, and you teapot a guy, and fucking ground and pound me? What? You don't come up here and fight like that. Come up here and fight me like a man. Stand up and fight me, man. Like, and I remember talking to him like that, right? Like, fuck winner. Like, you, you, what do you, what is that? You know, put me on my ass. What? Is, like, I think Basil McCray used to do that to guys, or Mick Bacota or something like that. Mick Bacota was famous for the body slam. Yeah. You know, like, what, 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 what a winner. What, what, what ground and pounding and fucking center ice in the AHL? No wonder you're in the, in the UHL. I'd say shit like that to him. So it got nasty, right? And, and, and he wasn't a big talker and he was always willing to go. And, and, you know, and so I'm, I'm playing my role and he's playing his role. So we're up one night and we're at home and I, and I think I'd fought him. Oh, early in the game, I'm playing, I'm running around. And, Again, like it's all about the confidence. So that particular game, they got Wingfield and Lego in the lineup at Alex Johnstone, and I'm like, I'm not worried about any one of those three. So I'm going to play. I'm going to chirp. I'm going to take nice long shifts. I'm going to finish hits. I'm going to call guys pussies, and I'm going to do my job. And I was going to the bench on a change, and Winger jumps on the ice, and, it was, and it's on video, and. He fucking taps my pad and asked me to go. And I really should have just turned and gone to the bench and said next next shift or something, but I didn't. I stopped and I dropped my gloves. So we're squared off and I'm trying to catch my breath. And I literally like reach with my right hand, pull my left elbow pad off, and I whip it in his head. He ducks it and I come in swinging. So I <laughs> like at the at the time it's like kind of funny and looking back, it's still kind of funny. Right, like throw my elbow pad at a guy on a square off just to get him to like kind of throw his guard off a little bit, and so we have this fight, 
and whatever. Game goes on, game going on, and he, I think, John Jacopin did something, and when he wanted to get to Jacopin, and Jacopin was really underestimating Winger and calling him like a midget and stuff. The next thing you know, like, I go, I was on the bench and I'm like trying to get the chains, but they wouldn't let me change. And then Jacko and Winger are going to go. And then Winger kind of, I think Jacko kind of gets on top of Winger and, and kind of gets him with a kind of a late one. And then Winger flips out, turns the tables and does this full fucking mount on Jacko and really starts getting him. So I left the bench to try and get there before they fought. And so once they started fighting, I was already on the ice, but I've already left the bench. And then when Winger starts giving it to Jacko, me and Jason McDonald come flying in. So now I've left the bench and joined an altercation. And I've already, it's the second time I've done it in a month. So I know that I'm getting 10 games. Like, I'm, I'm like, as soon as I did that, I'm like, I'm fucked. And there's only 12 games left to go in the year or something like that. And um, maybe there's 10 games to go. Anyways, the fight, whatever. The fight is the fight. It's not that great. I mean, it's a great eight minutes or nine minutes of cinematic production because there's fights going on all over the place. Um, at one point, um, I was choking Winger, and Mac was hitting him in the ribs. Like, Winger's a tough dude like that guy is street tough he's ice tough he's like he, there's no doubt he's a tough motherfucker and when it all kind of dust settled i was i was kind of getting grabbed by the linesman and winger kind of found me over in the corner of the rink and he had he had no linesman on him and he's, and he's yelling at me across the linesman calling me a chicken shit or something like that and i'm like i'm not a chicken shit winger like i'll I'm fighting five times in the last two months like obviously i'm not afraid of you and, um, and for some reason, I thought, you know what? Fuck it. And I undid my tie down and I shed all my gear. And the funniest thing was, as I'm sitting there wrestling with two linesmen to get my gear off, Winger's standing there, just taking his stuff off like he's in the locker room. Like, like, like here I am wrestling <laughs> with two grown men to get loose. And Winger's just waiting for me, taking his stuff off. And finally, like, the linesmen just stopped. I know I've been fighting and wrestling for whatever, 10 minutes. And now I'm going to go to center and, and go with winger. And like, we're trying to box and it was really awkward, man. Like bare chested center ice. Oh yeah. I'm trying to throw combat. We're trying to throw combinations and got to hand it to winger. He duffed one. There's a video. There's a picture of it where I've got one where we're squared off. and another one where like I throw a left and miss and he ducks it and cranks it with a right in the jaw. Like, like, like I could fight. Right. And we ended up rolling around on the ice, and I, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure he had, I want to say like maybe his thumb in my eye, and so I like put my fucking thumb in his mouth or vice versa, like one of the two. Like we were literally like eye gouging, fish hooking, hair pulling each other at the bottom of that scrum, and he had the he had the advantage on me for sure. And I was just on the bottom. I'm just like, I couldn't, I think, I, I think it was my eye. He had it, like, knuckle deep in my eye, maybe. And I was fucking screaming, motherfucker. And, like, it hurt. And, um, but, you know, it, it is what it was. And, and we're forever linked for it, you know. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I'm conflicted with it. Like, part of me is like, wow, cool. Other part of me is like, wasn't that great of a fight, but. 
ah, 64 pims in a game. No, they, <laughs> they don't ask how, they ask how many. Uh, and this one here it, uh, is episode 15 guest. Roman Volpat, uh, again, tremendous guest, played in the Western Hockey League uh, with the Moose Jaw Warriors, Prince Albert Raiders. Uh, of course, went on to uh, play uh, a few seasons in the NHL, 133 total games uh, with St. Louis and L.A. and uh, Philadelphia. And uh, as well as, and then he went overseas and, of course, played in, in Finland and the Czech and Sweden and Denmark. So, uh, and we like, again, with all these interviews, we, uh, we cover Roman's entire career, and he had some great stories. And actually, I put in two of the sound bites because they were kind of a little shorter, but I wanted to put them in. Um, he talks about uh, uh, the first time he saw Tony Twist in St. Louis uh, when he was just a, when he got drafted by St. Louis. It was his first NHL camp, and then uh, getting traded to Philadelphia and what it was like to share a locker room with Eric Lindros, who at that time at that time was at the peak of his powers. So uh, Roman again. Great guest. All these guys are great. I keep saying this. I know I keep repeating myself, but all these guys are great guests. And uh, like I said, Roman told some funny stories. And uh, definitely give it a check. Check it out. Episode fifteen. How was your first uh, Blues training camp? It started me, me walking into a dressing room, and then you walk into San Luis dressing room. There's a big glass, uh, uh, big glass that separates the, uh, the gym from from uh, from the dressing room, and there's this guy. Um, doing the bicep curls with 45 plates on each side and uh, doing a reps of 12. I go, well, I didn't know we shared wrestling with the NFL. He go, no, 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 that's Tony. I go, Tony who? That's Tony Twist. That's our, uh, that's our tough guy. That's our goon. I go, I thought it was a professional. Seriously, I thought it was an NFL linebacker. That's how big he was. I go, and I, well, I, I, was I glad in that moment I was glad I'm on his team. Because I've never seen a bigger hockey player in my life, like not one. And I've seen some lot of dude, big fellas in my career, but I've never seen a bigger hockey player than Tony Twist was. So that was my first impression, being in a pro dressing room, NHL dressing room before the training camp. I was just hoping he's going to be on my team, inner squad team too. So, You know, I, well, and I have that because we were talking about Lindros and everything else. And I mean... Um, you know, for the outside, from the fans, you know, you know, we're not in the room, so we don't know. I mean, you hear all the stories about him and Clark fighting and all this, and how he's a prima donna and didn't go to Quebec and blah blah blah. You know the history of Lindros, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. How how was he with you, and how did you? I mean, at that point, he's on top of the world. He's a superstar, and he's still a young guy at that time. Um, like, did you guys get along? And uh, how how was Eric Lindros? Not as a player, but as a person in the in the dressing room. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and quite the opposite of what people think he is. Um, he, I, I had nothing in Philly because of my old stuff was in LA. So he lent me his vehicle. He says, you borrow it, you return it when you want it. Um, he knew, you know, my stuff is still, my clothing is still in, 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 in LA. You know, I was sitting in my hotel room one day and he he uh, he called me and says, uh, "Oops, we're going shopping." Goes, okay, well, we're going shopping. Where? Well, I don't really want to go shopping. He says, "Well, I'll pick you up in 15." So he there was no no for an answer. So he picked me up in 15, took me downtown in uh, in Philly, and he uh, helped me pick some suit and a jacket and yeah, and that's who he is. He was 
very caring, um, uh, very caring individual. Um, he helped me a lot. Him, Keith Jones, and and Chief. You know, the whole team was good, but these three and Damon Lankall, who become uh, later my best pal. Uh, it's you know they were fantastic to me. And Big E is quite the opposite of what people think he is. So um, again, I have nothing bad to say other than Pays. He was fantastic. Yeah, that's that's who he was. He was, you know, he 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 lived large. Like, you know, he had a big, large home. He had a butler. His name was uh, Davy. You know, so one day after practice, he, oh yeah, Davy had a little curly curly stash, and so he would say, "Davy, we'll be uh, we'll be six of us for lunch." Oh yeah, Dave would cook make sandwiches and homemade soup, and he would take me, Damon Lankow, Jonesy, and whoever else for lunch to his house and oh he was uh you know he was a number one team guy and you know he was going after the stanley cup and he wanted to win a cup you know and he wanted to make sure every teammates every every player is comfortable because in the surroundings because that's how you win you know you know bond together and unite as a, as a team unified as a team and that's that's what his job as a captain to, to make sure everybody's comfortable and uh, ready to go in the playoffs. So he was fantastic. I can't say one bad thing about him. All right, for this guest, uh, it is episode 102 guest, Jesse Rizanzoff. Another tremendous guest. Of course, Jesse played three years in the Western Hockey League, and then he played nine years in professional and the American League, East Coast League, and of course, the famous Quebec Senior Hockey League, LNAH with the Laval Chiefs, and uh, oh, the stories. Uh, and like I said, Jesse tells some great stories from his days from junior all the way to, of course, the Nutty Quebec League. And um, yeah, this was actually sort of a, obviously it was episode one or two, it wasn't uh, that long ago, but uh, I really enjoyed this interview. Jesse was a lot of fun to talk to. I think we talked for about two and a half hours, and uh, like I said, no shortage of stories, uh, lots of fun. And uh, I think you guys will get a kick out of it. And of course, uh, the soundbite here that I use is, uh, well, some uh, some uh, when on ice issues become become off ice issues, and it all stems from a fight tape. I'll let you guys listen to this and and uh, and hear this crazy story from uh, Jesse Rosanzoff. But again, definitely go back check it out, especially for you Quebec League fans. Um, yeah, episode one hundred two, tremendous. Well, one of the names that was brought up to me that I was supposed to mention to you at, uh, I don't know where this was going to go, but, uh, you know, um, was Ryan Pisiak. Well, Pisiak, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, there's a there's a story with Pisiak before, uh, from like, if we rewind back to, a, uh, to Augusta, I guess. Um, so I, I, like... Uh, living in Swift Current, back to Swift Current, when we spent the summers there, you know, I, like I said, I, I trained with a bunch of, well, trained, well, <laughs> I hung out with, a, lived with a bunch of, uh, like, guys that were playing minors and pro, uh, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know, t- Tony Mohagan was one guy, and Jeremy Reach, and Lane Ulmer, there's, there's, there's way more, but there was about, you know, eight or nine of us, that, we were all buddies, and that's where we spent our summers, we all lived there, and uh, so, I did, and and, and Pisiak, I didn't really know him hockey wise, but he also 
spent time there. So we'd see him working out and stuff like that. I think I knew he was a scrapper. I didn't know. I think he was a Central League guy or maybe United League guy. Uh, but, you know, we didn't really associate much. But uh, come the year in Augusta, uh, Pizziak ends up on a team there. And um, I can't remember which one it was, but I remember uh, him and I end up squaring off of the draw. He was he was in he's in Louisiana. Oh, was he in Louisiana then? Okay, so yeah. we come in, uh, you know, squared off draw. And I had this fight on on tape too at one time. I had a lot of fights on tape. I lost I lost footage. I used to record uh, fights at the end of every year on a tape and, and just to, to keep going along. And I eventually lost it along the way. But I had this one, and I and so I can I can remember it. I so I. We come into this fight and we grab on and, and I start swimming and I catch him one run of the chin and he goes down right away. So, and I'm and I'm you know I I remember when I was in the East Coast I kind of got hung up in the the crowd in Augusta and you'd put your hands up in the air and I think about it now maybe you know not too respectful but I used to like you know throw my hands up if I did good in a fight and and this one was you know it was a clear clear victory so. Come the end of the season, I do my thing. I put all these fights in the statement. I go back to Swift Current. I'm sitting around one night with the boys. We're drinking, and I, we throw this video, and we're just watching. And it wasn't just mine. I used to put on, like, good fights with, with guys on the team, the nice goals and stuff like that. We're sitting around, and there's this fight. It's Pizziak, and, and uh, <clears throat> for whatever reason, word gets out that I'm showing this tape to everybody and, and gloating about how about this fight. And, and Pizziak gets, I think he's in Swift Current, <clears throat> for the weekend or for a wedding or something like that. And uh, either we were living there or we were down for a golf tournament. It just happened to coincide in Swift Current. So um, this one night we walk into this, we walk into the one bar in Swift Current that we always used to go to, and we're, we're walking in. <laughs> and so I walk in the front door. All these We're all walking in together, these guys, and uh, walk in the front door. And right in the front door is Pizziak, and he's standing at the front door, and he's got a bunch of these buddies he's with, and, I think even his wife was there, and they're all chirping. They're all, like, he's in my face, and he's, you know, this and that and whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'll piss off and whatever. And So I start to walk by, and he strokes my buddy. <laughs> he doesn't hit me. He strokes my buddy behind me. Uh, either him or one of his buddies did. But this starts this big melee in the front entrance of this park. So we roll out into the parking lot, all of us, all his crew, all my crew, and we're we're in this parking lot, and so it's kind of this standoff. Me and Pizziak in the middle, and uh, he had a couple of big boys, and I had a couple of big boys, and they kind of just—I didn't know this at the time—but they kind of just made, just kind of said, "Okay, well, we're going to let these guys do this, and we're going to stay out of this." So, so Pizziak and I end up fighting for like 15 minutes in this parking lot. <laughs> it felt like 15 minutes, and I think it was just because you know we had. He was at a wedding all day, and I was golfing all day. So we we had a few beers in us at this point. So I think you know after the 15 minutes, we got up and we're like, everybody's like, okay, <laughs> you know, enough is enough already. Let's go. And I think they they took off, and we <laughs> I just we just ended up going back into the bar, and uh, and so I remember uh, I remember just thinking like, you know, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> you know, I remember I was going to the Manitoba Moose Camp after this summer of training and uh you know we came out of that scrap pretty unscathed everywhere but i i had really hurt my shoulder in it and uh i remember going into i remember going to the moose camp and and uh still this lingering shoulder injury and, and i remember just i was bitter because i you know i got into this fight with him and 
And, uh, I, you know, I, I remember I was going to the moose camp because me and a guy named Ryan Schmier, um, uh, I don't know, he, I think he might have played down in the States and then went over to Europe for a while. Uh, yep. But he was a scrapper, too. His brother was Jason Schmier. Spent some time in the NHL fight, and I think he was in Washington. And uh, but he he started out in Manitoba Moose and kind of moved on, you know, made his way up. And then so I was in there with the, his brother. We were basically fighting to, you know, to take the spot where where he was. So I remember like in camp. So we're fighting like almost every every uh, every scrimmage because you know that's what you know they want to see who's gonna. And I remember, so after every scrimmage, I'm in the trainer's room and I'm icing my shoulder and everything. And I'm like, you know, it's not really the way you want to start out, <laughs> not even on the team yet. And you're already in the training room. And I, I remember just being in, I made it to home opener uh, in Manitoba. And then, uh, and I remember just getting, after home opener, they sent me back down to Augusta. I ended up going. And, and so I remember just being, I just remember being bitter about that whole situation, bitter, bitter at him. I just, you know, passed the blame on it. Was you know his fault that, you know, we we did this thing in the in the parking lot, screwed my opportunity. To, but you know, in retrospect, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not. It, it was just a good old fashioned outdoor brawl, and uh, and then we end up. Um, funny thing is, we end up uh, meet, meeting him years later again. That was kind of the end of that. We never never bumped into each other again after that till the Quebec League. They he gets pulled in by one of our big rivals in Laval. And, uh, well, this story continues on, man. So we, he, we, me and Danny, we, we find out he's, he's called into the lineup. And we're like, holy shit, Peter's here. And, and, and Dan must have played against him in the U-Haul or something because like, he had a hate on him for, for him too. And I'm like, I'm telling him the, the Swift Current story and, and, uh, you know, how he jumped my body. And I'm making up, he's like, okay, he said, we're going to, we're going to fucking get him, <laughs> you know? So we're, we're skating around and down. So he's like, just, just wait for me. He's like, so we're skating around, skating around the ice. And, and he, he, he was brought up just for one reason, like, cause, cause Laval was stacked and, and they needed some help. So he's skating around and they're, they're crossing the red line. And after the second lap, there was enough staring and, and they both throw their gloves off and start fighting. And so I remember, I remember Dan's, Dan's fighting with him. Everybody's kind of in grabbing people. And, uh, Dan drags him over to the boards and, he, and he's fighting over the boards and I'm over by him and I'm like, just hold him there down. And I, I'm taking my stick and he's, he's got Peter like bent over the boards with his back into the bench. And I got my stick and his, his jersey's up and everything. And I'm spearing him in the guts as hard as I can with my stick in front of their whole team. And nobody is doing a single thing. <laughs> and we're like, we are sending this guy back to wherever the fuck he came from. And, uh, and so Dan is, Dan is beating him over the boards. I am spearing him, and everybody's just standing there in shock. Like nobody knows what to do. And then finally everybody, the whole of the teams come in and start grabbing everybody and uh, and broke that one up. And then, you know, he played there for a while. And the funny thing is we actually ended up, he ended up getting traded to our team later on. And then we were, well, Dan was gone, and I was still still out there, and he, and he was on my team. We never really had too much conversation about it, and we didn't see too much of him, but... Uh, yeah, was, uh, there was some pretty crazy, crazy stuff <laughs> along the way that involved Pizziak right from the coast to the to the parking lots of Swift Current to the to to the Quebec League, uh, the the LNHA. <laughs> All right, and the final soundbite here is uh, from 
guest, Jeremy Cornish. Of course, Jeremy played uh, three as a junior A in Ontario, as well as the Maritime Junior Hockey League. And then uh, the 10-year pro career, uh, you know, from uh, from not only from the East Coast League and the Central League, but, uh, of course, he went over to Europe and played in the uh, EIHL, the Elite Hockey League, uh, with London and uh and, and a few teams over there. And, uh, yeah, tr- again, great guest, tell some great stories. Um, tough dude. Um, like I said, I know this, this episode did really well over in the UK. I know he has a big following over there. Uh, really nice guy. Had a lot of fun talking to him. Uh, of course, he now lives, he's a teacher over in, uh, over in Europe. And, uh, so trying to line up times is really tough with the time difference. Um, but I know we have talked recently and here in the new year, uh, shortly, I want to get him on to do a, a five. I know he's really excited. He wants to do it. Um, he want uh, a five toughest opponent series with Jeremy who, I mean, he fought everybody. So like I said, that'll be, that'll be a fun talk. Plus I know he also threw in that, oh, let's, how about we, you know, the five kind of uh, toughest, uh, teammates as well. And I said, Hey, that's a great idea. So, and that was all, uh, Jeremy's idea. So. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to what he brings for that episode. So definitely be checking for that here in, uh, in the near future. Um, actually probably, man, over Christmas, now that I'm saying it over Christmas holidays, I should probably would have been a perfect time to record with him. Um, but yes, but in the meantime, definitely check out this interview. Uh, like I said, great guest, told some great stories and I think you guys will really like it. But, uh, and in this soundbite, he talks about during the lockout when Mel Engelstad and Eric Karens came over to the, to the, uh, to the UK, he fought Wade a couple times. He talks about that, and then of course he talks about the famous Mel Engelstad Eric Karen's fight that he happened to be have ringside seats for. So here, uh, definitely check this out. You fought Wade Belak a couple times, and I and I heard while well, I saw you kind of jumped him in one of them, and that Wade was a little pissed about it. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he um. Wade, Wade, Wade was tough. Like he, yeah. uh, and I, and I fought him twice and I don't have any issue saying, I think at that time he was a top five NHL tough guy. He definitely was. Like he, he was like, and you can maybe take argument for top three because he was scary tough. And the reason why I jumped him was because, um, I'd fought him in Coventry and he had jumped me. He had cross checked me in the face and jumped me. I think I finished my check on him or I was in the corner and then I can't remember. It was probably on, it's probably one of the ones that's on YouTube, but he cut me pretty good over the temple. But, um, I had fought him once and he had jumped me, but when I had jumped him in London, he had taken one of our, we had a young British player on the team named Jason Hewitt, who went on to have a really good career over here. Um, he played in Sheffield for a thousand years and won loads of trophies and he had a really, really distinguished career, but he was just starting out. He might've been 19 years old and Wade absolutely killed him in the middle of the ice. Like it was like, it was like me running over my three-year-old kid. Like he just annihilated him. So I just jumped the boards and, and grabbed, you know, just jumped on, jumped on top of him. But I remember when he was down on the ice and I had dropped my gloves and he had kind of just gone down. And then when he got up, I thought, oh my God, he's going to kill me. And then we had a fight. But yeah, so I was holding on for dear life at the end of it because he was, he was strong and he was mean. There was no, when Wade went over there, there was no taking the helmet off and squaring off. He was keeping his helmet on and he was protecting himself and he was going to do whatever it took to, to clean you up if he had to. Well, that was the thing that surprised me when they, when those guys went over there. Cause like, I thought they were just going to treat it like Sunday in the park. Right. And him and Karen's were doing a lot of fighting and actually they fought each other, which actually really surprised me. Cause I kind of thought, oh, the NHL boys, they'll, 
they'll kind of give each other the wink and the nod. But they were yeah. they were serious. Yeah, they were dead serious. And I think um, I remember the first game that it's funny because I'm a hockey fan. So I remember when I fought Wade, I had um, Karen's to get me a sign. Like I gave him the photo and said, "Can you get him to sign this, please?" So I've got that in my office, like a, a signed picture of me fighting Wade. Awesome, but you know what I mean. So and I've got a signed photo of me fighting Mel as well because he was like, when I was you know 16, 17, 18, he was the talk of the minor leagues. You know, like so I, you know I've got those two signed photos from those times. And, you know, those are good memories. But I remember when 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 Eric and, and Wade first come over, I asked Karen, they said, you, can you introduce him to me? I wouldn't mind meeting him. I think maybe they were staying for a beer or something after the game. And he goes, no. He goes, I'm not going to introduce you to him because you're going to end up fighting him throughout the year. <laughs> and he was right. Well, there, there you go. Well, speaking of Mel, I mean, he had that real good one with Karen's. That was a hell of a Yeah, that happened, that happened after I fought him. It was like the next shift after. Yeah. That fight, I'll never forget it because I was young and I was asking all the guys to fight me. And I remember lining up in Belfast in the far end, and I remember saying to him, you know, let's go or whatever you say. And, uh, you know, Mel was like, okay, kid, yeah, no problem. And then we dropped our gloves. I took my helmet off. And he, if you were born in the U.K., if you're born before 1976 or something or 74 or whatever it is, you don't have to wear a visor. And it's still the same today, but there's not many guys left, obviously. But um, he didn't wear a visor. So we're squaring off. We're circling. I've got no helmet on, and he left his helmet on. And you just hear Karen standing. He was on the ice at the same time. And you just hear Karen's just yell, take your effing helmet off, Mel. And then Mel took his helmet off. And we had a fight. And I think I fell. I fell relatively early in the fight. But it was a good fight, blow for blow at the start. And then I think he kind of overpowered me and I fell backwards. Um, but but getting back to Eric, uh, Karen's and him fighting, once he came out of the box, um, Karen's went for him. And I had never heard face faces getting hit as hard as I heard that day. I was on the ice and you could just hear that smack that, that, you know, that, you know, if you, if you punch your fist, that, that smack, you could just hear it back and forth, back and forth. And it was, that was one of the best fights I ever saw. Well, there we go. There's a few sound bites for you guys, and uh, I hope you enjoyed them. And I hope uh, I encourage you to go back, like I said, to go back and check out these past interviews uh, from all the guests. If you've joined the, if you if you've recently just started listening to the podcast, thank you, welcome. Um, if you're a longtime listener, of course, I'm sure you've heard those. Um, but uh, yeah, again, if you're if you if you haven't listened to those interviews. Again, I can't encourage you enough to do so. And uh, I know some of the sound bites I could have done a lot more. Uh, like I said, it was it was just uh, I sort of was scrolling down and hitting them and going through them and and grabbing stuff. And like I said, for some reason, some of the files weren't working and it was late at night. And it was just uh, time was running out. And like I said, time is uh, you know we're always you're always sort of fighting the clock here when you're doing a couple episodes a week and. Of course, with Christmas and everything else going on in the world, uh, you know, uh, you know, not a lot of time. So, by an infinite amount of time, I mean, obviously, I could, uh, I, w- I, you know, I could have added a whole bunch more sound bites, but uh, I, I enjoyed bringing those to you guys. And uh, like I said, please check out the back catalog. But uh, yeah, guys, here we are. Uh, like I said, the uh, wrapping up the year 2021, another crazy year, uh, of course, with everything going on in the world. Um, you know, whether it be the, you know, obviously the pandemic, the virus and, uh, you know, politics always seems to be at the forefront these days and everybody yelling and screaming and, um, no matter what side you happen to be on and, and, and all that. And I've always sort of viewed, um, 
this podcast as, as an escape. And uh, like I said, there's enough, uh, you know, bullshit in the world. Um, you know, if, if people could tune into this for, for an hour or two and take their mind off of things, uh, or maybe go back to, uh, I know it sounds cliche, but go back to a simpler time maybe. And you hear the old stories or the old message board days when, uh, you know, we were, uh, foot loose and fancy free, as they say, we were just kids back then. And, uh, you know, for us old timers, but, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I never once in a while, I mean, I, I get, uh, you know, without a doubt, I just like everybody else, I get, irritated with uh people in the world and uh sometimes it, it uh i've had a few episodes um obviously when um i don't know how you put it but i was I, a little fired up over things and you know maybe my personal opinions uh, kind of you know it went beyond a hockey show and i i kind of got a little wound up a few times um but you know i'm only human give me a break but uh um but yeah i think uh in general i think uh my, my goal for this show has always been, um, as I said, it's right in the title, right? Fourth Line Voice. And it's to give those players the, that, uh, a platform to tell their story. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think I've done a pretty good job of doing that. Um, the last little while, like I said, with life uh, going on, um, obviously I haven't had the guests like I'd want to or the interviews. Um, I just haven't had time. And, uh, like I said, uh, hopefully here in the new year, quickly here into the new year, I can, I can start interviewing guys again. I mean, that's been my goal. Um, like I said, once, uh, to get everything, once we got, um, I mean, I know I brought this up at nauseam all summer, but of course, um, yeah, I mean, between work was really busy, shorthanded. I basically worked. I mean, I had a handful of days off over the course of like months and, uh, a lot of overtime. And, uh, so that takes up a lot of time. And of course you get home. Last thing you really want to do is, um, a podcast really some days and, um, you know, and sometimes I won't lie. Sometimes it's a real chore to do the show. Um, and, uh, cause you don't feel like talking or you're just tired and whatever. And, uh, to do two shows a week is pretty, is pretty tough. And, uh, um, like I said, for the most part, I don't have a problem. I can kind of get rolling with it and whatever, but, uh, uh, over the summer we're trying to sell, we obviously we were selling our condo and then we sold it and we moved into this house here in late November. And, and that's always, I mean, everyone out here, everyone listening has moved, right? So everyone knows the, the, uh, the ups and downs of, uh, of all that. So, um, yeah, so it was, the summer was really busy. Like I said, you between work and then with showings and trying to keep the place clean and, and having, trying to have a personal life as well. Um, yeah. It was a real, tr- it was a real busy summer, fun summer. Uh, did, did some fun, you know, got up to the lake a few days and had some fun there. And, um, but, uh, yeah, it was a busy year and, uh, work was real, real demanding this year and, uh, real time consuming. Uh, like I said, it, it's like anything, right? The money's always nice when you get the check, but to get there can be a grind and, uh, it was a little tough. And, uh, and, and I, I've often said, and I've said it on this show, um, at some points, um, I had some real strong months with some guests and, and some episodes that I thought I did really well with. And then other times I know, I, I don't want to say mailed it in, but there was just times it was hard. I mean, you know, I, I wanted to fulfill my commitments of doing two shows a week, but there was some, some episodes that were mailed in and, uh, 
you know, and that was just the way it was. It was it, I felt it was at least put some content out is better than no content. And uh, I wanted to remain consistent. I, I think that is the key to any podcast for growth um, uh, is consistency. So I wanted to maintain my Wednesday, Sunday schedule, but it was real hard. And I think some of the episodes were subpar, um, in my opinion. And uh, yeah. And unfortunately, you know, like I said, it's, it's just human nature and that's the way sometimes it's going to be. Um, I, I will say the subpar episodes were like solo episodes. Um, I've, I've always maintained when I'm going to interview someone, whether it be a player or a fellow fight fan, um, regardless of if you're not feeling it that day or whatever, hey, put back a few energy drinks, get your headphones on and be prepared. And I've, I've, I don't think I've ever gone into an interview unprepared. And I've done always done my research for the guys, and because to me, if there someone's going to take out time out of their life to talk to you, um, you know, be, be respectful enough to have done the research and and know your guest. And uh, I have done that, so um, or I feel I have. But uh, yeah, it. Uh, so, but like I said, last last little while, it's been tough. And then, of course, in December, you know, you have Christmas and everything else going on, right? So. Um, yeah, this last little while, last two months have been a real grind. Uh, but, uh, like I said, now that we're into the house and settled and the silly season's over, we can get into 2022 and, uh, we can kind of get back into our regular schedule with the wife working and I'm back to school. And, um, you know, as the winter gets colder and whatever, obviously my work slows down a little bit. So it's not constantly working every day and overtime and all that stuff. So, um, I could definitely settle into a groove here, um, uh, get some guests on the phone because, of course, Christmas Hall, their kids are back in school and they're, everyone's returning back to their normal schedules. So at that point, I think we can definitely, I've definitely talked to a bunch of, uh, bunch of guys. Um, again, they're all gung ho to do the interview, but I, it's, it's been my experience, obviously, in the, in the three years that I've done this. Until you have something recorded, you never know what's going to happen. There's a lot of guys that have, over the years, I should, well, there's been a few. Uh, that have said yes and oh, love to do it, bro. Yeah, looking forward to it. And then you just never hear from them. So, um, I'm not going to start calling out names of who I've talked to in case it doesn't happen. Uh, but, uh, there are a few ex NHLers that I've talked to and, uh, obviously a few minor league tough guys that uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to. So hopefully we can, we can, uh, set up a time with these, with these cats and, uh, and I'll record something. But, uh, yeah, guys, like I said, I, I think um, just kind of going into the new year, kind of the, some of the things that I want to really try out, and I've mentioned them on the show before, um, not only get back, obviously, with the player interviews and that type of thing on Wednesdays, that's always, you know, going to be the bread and butter of the show for sure. But uh, I think on Sundays, I sort of want to get away a little bit from there, because, I mean, that's the thing with the, the rant episodes, I love doing, believe me, if I, especially if I'm fired up about shit, oh, it's a great outlet. I can tell you now, that's the one thing about a podcast it is a great outlet to uh, let out your frustrations or, uh, you know, it's a great sounding board. Um, I, I really enjoy the rant episodes for that type of thing. But it's also, um, it's it's tough every week to, like, come up with, you know, a myth versus reality topic or, you know, and it's like, or you bitch. And, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's one thing to complain, but 
I think when you start complaining about the same thing over and over again, it starts to become a little, yeah, yeah, we get it. We get it, man. We get it. You know, and I think people start tuning you out. And, uh, and I know I've done that. I mean, at nauseum, there's a few topics that I've ranted and raved about. Um, but I really enjoy the list. Those are fun. And I really, uh, thank everyone who has sent me links to do, uh, for anything for the show with, uh, for the list to those, inter- uh, uh, you know, William with the Ferguson list. And of course, uh, Yuka out there with the, um, with the, uh, with the, with the Playfair interview. Um, yeah, that stuff's great. And, uh, so I, I really appreciate everybody for sending in for the links and stuff. Those are always fun to do on the air. And I like the kind of the genuine reaction when you open the link up and it's like, really? Chelios number three, you know, um, but uh, those are great. And I'll, I'll still do those episodes every once in a while. But there's a few things that I, a couple episodes I'd like to do. I'd really, I really enjoy the five toughest opponents series. I really like doing that. Cause plus it's a, it's a reconnection with the guys that I've had on before. And it, it's always fun to get them back on the phone and, and, and talk to them. And, uh, and, and that's fun. Um, but also I, um, I think I've mentioned, yeah, I had to have mentioned this on an episode before, but here I'll, chew my food twice but uh uh yeah one of the things i want to do um is sort of take a year uh in a career um i don't know say so i'm just example joey tedarenko okay have him on for the the and instead of just talking about their whole career the 96 97 season uh with portland and talk about all his teammates and and stuff and what that season was like and and just what it was like playing that year who was on Seattle or who was on Spokane and what was it like to play against them and um there's one gentleman I won't throw his name out but he's all over the boards and I've talked to him about coming on before um um and but he played in the OHL back in the when Eric Lindros was playing in Oshawa so I kind of like to do a season from there I know he played pro and stuff like that too but uh, I think for this one, I think it'd be really cool to hear what it was like to go into Oshawa to play against Lindros, who was, you know, the phenom, the next one at that point, and 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 Rob Pearson and all those guys, and or this guy and that guy from the different teams of that season specifically. So it'd kind of be a, a time capsule piece, and uh, you know, kind of a Back to the Future type deal, and uh, you know, oh OHL ninety ninety one season from the eyes of so and so. Um, I don't know. I think it, it's something different, right? Give it a sh- so it won't be completely about fights. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about the tougher guys on each team and if he had fought them or if he had a oh, well, my teammate fought him and it was a good one and you know whatever. I mean, we'll obviously talk tilts, but I mean, kind of more more just the season in general as well, just a, a season recap. I don't know. I think that would be fun and uh, you know and try it out. And I mean, if it you know hey, if it sucks, it sucks and. We'll do a couple of them, and if no one, if there is or really isn't any interest in them, then I, I won't continue it. But I mean, I, you know, it, it's something different on a Sunday and for the Sunday episodes, other than me just ranting about David Branch and Hockey Can or Batman or something, you know, uh, you know, for that. Um, also, um, well, if you happen to be on social media, uh, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter as well as on Facebook. Um, hit me up, send me, follow me, friend request, what have you. Um, also the big one, uh, fourth line voice on YouTube. I have over 2,600 fight videos on there. Um, whatever league you're looking for, just type into the little search engine, OHL, NHL, boom, boom, boom. They'll come up. Um, 
as I, as I said, I've settled here now. I have all my fight DVDs back from my parents' basement and from Rubbermaid tubs and everything under the stairs. I have them all over here, right over my shoulder here on the on the bookshelf. So I will definitely be uploading more fights to the YouTube channel. Um, you know, for as long as I have a YouTube channel, I don't know. Some of them have been going down left and right for for no reason, and who knows? So um, you know, hopefully, like I said, for all the um, time and effort that I put into that channel, I really hope it doesn't get shut down. Um, but I will continue to add, uh, fight videos to that channel. Um, I also want to do a bunch of more stuff on YouTube. Uh, I want to try my hand at editing a few things and, uh, and just do some kind of some funny things. I used to always do this thing on Twitter on Friday nights or whatever. If I got into the beers, oh, drunk hockey carding and I take a few pictures of different hockey tough guy cards and you know a little blurb and you know we'd all have a little chuckle over it and whatever i kind of want to do that in video form but kind of do like five cards and then just do a little bio on like oh here's Rhett trombley with fort wayne and you know blah 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 and he had 200 minutes that year you know and just uh kind of just just a little fun exercise basically just to bring traffic to the youtube channel and make people aware of it i think anytime like i said content is views and views uh, is what drives things. And, uh, like I said, if, if you can catch someone, what's this drunk hockey carding thing, you know, and they look at it and all oh, that's kind of funny or whatever. And, oh, this guy has a, oh, he has a podcast too, you know, and then just, and that's how it all starts, right? So basically, it's just another vehicle to advertise for the show. Um, or as this show is another vehicle to advertise for YouTube. Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to start doing that. And I, I've been really getting into some of the, um, on, on, uh, Facebook. Or not on Facebook, on YouTube, pardon me. Um, some of these boxing channels, Rummy's Corner and uh, Rich the Fight Historian, they do some really cool bio pieces um, that I, I really want to do like uh, uh, with a hockey and um, yeah, and just uh, not long, like not hour long documentaries or anything, but just sort of include some of my fight footage. As well as me talking over it, just, you know, oh, in, in 1992, he played in, you know, Des Moines and blah, 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 and then maybe have a fight clip or whatever. I don't know. I'm just sort of spitballing ideas right now, but I, I think that would be kind of fun to do. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't do old twist or pro, I mean, maybe somewhere down the line I would, but I think, I don't know, like a minor league guy to start, I think would be, would sort of be fun to kind of get them out there and, and, you know, and, and maybe add some of their footage and their story or if I've maybe maybe now that I'm as I'm talking maybe a guy that I've had on the show and I could include some of the sound bites from that interview uh into the into the biography part of the YouTube thing so you know that's just stuff I'm I'm spitballing and uh you know we'll see how it goes but I'd really like to grow the YouTube channel and uh, you know like I said I have almost 3,000 subscribers so it's it is monetized so I'm not gonna lie I do make money off of YouTube so um, just as, as same with this show, like I always say with this show, um, could you, could you download the episode? Please don't stream it. I don't get paid if you stream it. I only get paid. I get paid by the download. And, uh, like I said, I've always been honest with you guys. I mean, that's not why I do the show. I was, do, believe me, I was doing this show for years for nothing, but I got on the network and I was lucky enough to get on the network and they pay me to do this. And, uh, Hey, so, I mean, my brother busts my balls all the time for bringing it up, but it's like, um, if people don't, if, if people don't know, they don't know, but yeah, like I said, if, uh, could you please download it? That, that would, uh, not only do, do I get paid, obviously, and that helps and, and all that, but it, it also helps with, um, and it, well, you just to hear who, cause you can't track a stream. 
so I can see how many downloads, I can see the listener numbers and, and how each episode is doing and that type of thing. It's a better gauge on, on where I'm at in terms of listenerships as well. So, uh, yes. So, and also if you could rate and review my show, it definitely on whatever platform you're listening to it, it helps me out. It helps, uh, the show out in the searches. Like if someone listens to whatever, dropping the gloves and then afterwards it says, Oh, that show similar to, and then it'd be at mine or Alec or whatever as well. So, and that's all apparent. I'm told apparently is all done through, uh, the reviews. So if you could definitely rate and review my show, I would, uh, again, I would greatly appreciate that. Um, I know I have so much, I have so many demands here. Um, but yeah, guys, other than that, that's just kind of what I want to do for 2022. And, uh, I want to, uh, like I said, we I've gone here for a little hour and a bit here, so I won't keep you too much longer. I, I honestly, I know I always joke around, and I say it all the time, and and I and I truly do mean it. Um, I I really can't thank all of you guys who listen. Um, and I you know, and I don't want to start calling out names because I'll miss people. I don't want to, I I don't want to do that. But uh, yeah, I appreciate all the support. Um, you know, and I get your messages or you send a, a private message and. Oh, I really like that last episode and that was funny or whatever. And, and those are great. It's, it's cause like I've always said, sometimes it's, uh, you're sitting here, like I said, you're, uh, before it was in my back room of my condo. Now it's in my basement kind of office here at the house. Um, sometimes you just think you're, you're, you're talking into the, into the ether and no one's listening and you sometimes sort of get that feedback is, is always really cool. And, uh, yeah. And like I said, I've often, I've, I've often marveled that, um, you know, it's just some asshole in Saskatoon uh, that wanted to start talking about old fights and fight tapes and maybe uh, interviewing a few players here and there um, has gained, um, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I guess I could say a following, a little bit of a following. I mean, I do okay, uh, you know, and, and you know, you see the, the charts now and again and you're, you know, you're, you see all of a sudden you're in the, the top, you know, whatever, 25, 30 show, number 18 at one point, um, hockey podcast in Canada. And, um, again, I don't know how accurate those, those, cause I mean, you can't do streams and stuff, right? So, I mean, it's hard to, you know, I mean, obviously those aren't a completely accurate, uh, uh, chart, but nonetheless, it does show that people are listening and, uh, and it's, and it's humbling. It really is. And, uh, you know, and the fact that, that anyone would listen is, um, is, is a rewarding enough. And, uh, like I said, there's a million podcast. I've seen it just as I've done it, uh, as I've been doing this show. Um, you know, sh- shows come and go. And, um, I, I can't remember what I, what was it? Average, the average podcast lasts 13 episodes or seven episodes, something like that. Not very long. So the fact that I'm at 169, um, is, is, um, it is great. And, and like I said, and, and, and it's because of you guys. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the reason I'm doing it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, and, and like I said, there, cause there's been a lot of times, um, you know, and I, and I've said it on the air. I've all, like I said with you guys, I've always been transparent with you guys. I've never lied to you. I've always told you the truth and what's going on. And, um, yeah, and it's been real frustrating sometimes when, when guests don't show up and, uh, say they do and they give you time and they ghost you and then you try to text them back and there's no reply and, and you get the runaround and that's happened numerous times and it's really frustrating and you start to kind of question a lot of things like why am I bothering or else, you know, you go out and you, 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 you 
you do the work on the episode, you, you're real proud of the interview and you put it out and, and then it just sort of gets ignored. Meanwhile, you see people texting about or putting on Facebook or on Twitter that, oh, I, you know, you should go li-, and, you know, and there's, you know, spit and chiglets. And I get, I'm never going to be spit and chiglets. I don't, I believe, believe me, I understand that. But, or drop your gloves or, you know, you see another show out there and people are talking about it and it's like, I, I, I've all, and I, I don't mean this arrogantly or whatever, but it's like, they'll have a guest on or what have you. And it's like, well, like when Wingfeld was on all the shows and, oh, he was a great, oh, it was awesome and whatever. And they were, they were great. It was great to see Brad and those guys and the Danbury guys get out there and people hear their stories and, and it, it's great. I did that interview two years ago before any of the Netflix thing came out or anything. And, uh, yeah. And I mean, people discovered the Wingfeld interview later and, and, and really enjoyed it. But it's like, yeah, we talked about all that two years ago. So, you know, and, and, but your interview gets lost over the big name guys. And just because they're on a bigger show doesn't mean the interview's better. And, um, and like I said, with spit, I like biz and those guys and they do a good show. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a spit chiclets expert. I've listened to a few of their shows, but I actually really don't listen to really that many podcast, hockey podcasts. Um, but I'll put up my interview with, uh, against theirs anytime. And, um, yeah, you know, cause I can think I can get the stories out of the guys and we certainly go more in depth without a doubt. So, um, yeah, you know, so that part gets a little frustrating. So cause yeah, I guess there's some, I don't know, jealousy's not the right word, but you're just sort of like, you know, or every once in a while you'll have some guy, oh, I didn't even know you did a podcast. And it's like, really dude? Like, you're, you've been a member of this Facebook group for like three years. Did you not notice every day I make a post? Like every day I, I make a post about, and, and I put my show episode, whatever one happens to be, the Sunday or the Wednesday, every day I put up links to that episode. You've never noticed it once in like two years? Like, do I have to put it in neon? Like that part gets really frustrating. Cause, and Alec and Joe and I, I have all the guys that podcast, that's smaller podcasts. You know, it's it's like the local brewery or the mom and pop shop. Yeah, you're fighting Walmart all the time, and it's like, and it's tough. And uh, so it gets. It sometimes it's really frustrating when you, like you said, you, you you think you put out a really solid product, you're really proud of the product you put out, and then it just sort of gets ignored or you know dies on the on the on the on the. Uh, I don't know what kind of adjective I'm looking for, but uh, sort of dies on the vine, so to speak, and it's just like. You know, like, and it, and it's frustrating. So that part, all this, I'm 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 just sort of rambling here, but it's like all that is sort of part and parcel with going on with podcasting, and it's like, so it ha- there's definitely a lot of highs and lows, but it's like definitely the 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 highs uh, certainly outweigh the lows, or why would you do it? And it's like, um, uh, I've and I've often told anybody that's talked about podcasting or wanting to get into it. Make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, and it's a, believe me, it's a lot more work and time consuming than you think it's going to be, and and everyone falls for that. And I was the same way when I started. Like I said, 169 episodes later, I think I'm a pretty good judge of, uh, you know, so I have I have some mileage and some track record. I think I could I could offer you some advice to the newbie out there, and I'm and I'm more than, and that's another thing with Joe or Alec. Um, the three of us are sort of the air quotes fight podcast. There's never been any competition. Um, we all talk to each other. We all, we've all actually helped each other get different guests. Like, oh, I think he'd be better with you or so and so. Um, we've all done that. There's no jealousy. 
Um, like I said, I talk to those guys all the time, privately or through text messages. Um, and yeah, they've been great. They've, they've, those two have been nothing but supportive. Like I said, Alec was the one, was a big booster of me getting onto Facebook. And there's a reason that happened was because I am. And I can't thank him enough for that because I, I should have done that a year earlier. It was, and I don't know what I was waiting for, but he, and he was right. And it was, uh, Facebook has been great for the show. Um, I've, I've gained a lot of new listeners through Facebook. Um, and, and Joe has been there as well. And I've known Joe since, uh, the message board, fried chicken message board days. We traded VHS tapes. That's how old Joe and I are. But, uh, you know, so, and like I said, those guys have been nothing but supportive. I try to support them as best I can. And so there's no, um, egos or jealousy there. Um, and, uh, and I've always said with the new show, I have no problem if a, if a new fight show wants to come out. And, uh, I mean, when it's a, when it's an ex player, it kind of sucks because it's like, how do I how do you compete against that, right? I mean, with their Rolodex, they can get all the different ex players, and um, you know that that sort. Of, there's a little jealousy there because it's like, oh man, I wish I had that guy's Rolodex, but uh, unfortunately, that's the way things are. But uh, no, I said, and I, but honestly, um, anybody out there listening, um, I know I've had a few people get a hold of me and just ask about starting a show or what have you. I'm more than welcome. Like I said, if if we can get a new voice. A new voice into podcasting, and uh, and they have a story to tell and or share, and um, and you want to take it serious, and you're going to put out a good product. I have not. I will do my best to support that for whatever that means. I'm not saying I'm like oh you know, the I'm the megaphone for you know to get you a million listens or anything, but I will certainly um, spread your message to the to my base of listeners and. Uh, yeah, if if it's a if uh, if it's a solid product and you're serious about it, absolutely I'll help you out. Um, but if you're like I said, and I've had a few people get a hold of me, and uh, you know they don't take it serious, or they just it's a joke, or frankly, they're I'm not again I'm not saying my show's great and well whatever, but I if you're just gonna you know mess around on the air and not take it serious or kind of be fucking disrespectful to guests and stuff, well I'm not no I'm not gonna help you. If you're just going to be a goof about it, but uh, if you're serious and you want to, uh, and and you're and about this, I, I welcome a new voice to the podcasting scene for sure. And if there's any, if anybody out there is thinking about starting it up and you want some advice or what have you, um, yeah, get a hold of me, hockeyfights at hotmail dot com. Uh, yeah, I know it's still a hotmail. I have a million email accounts, but I just use the hotmail one for the because it's just easier, right? Hockey fights at hotmail. Um, yeah, drop me a line. I'm more than happy to. Uh, to give out any advice that I, I might be able to. Um, but yeah, guys, other than that, like I said, what a crazy year for everybody. And uh, like I said, the world's uh, up and down. I mean, I've said it a few times. Sometimes I think we live in the dumbest time in so- mankind uh, with society and the idiots that are in it. But uh, I guess we, we got, what are we going to do, right? You got you to gotta put your head down and, and battle through. And um, here we are, right? But I think 2022, hopefully, we'll make the turn here and, uh, you know, we can start, you know, everything can go back, kind of get back to rolling here and uh, as best we can. I think it's obviously a lot of things have changed in the world that I think are permanently changed in this world. And, uh, and uh, you know, we're just going to have to, you know, adapt and, and persevere, right? So, um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a crazy year personally with the show, um, yeah, work-wise. Uh, made some move, like I said, made some move, uh, work wise, um, you know, trying to, uh, 
like what advanced my position in the company in terms of a supervisor and a management type uh, position, uh, taking some classes now and then that type of thing. So it, it was a little tough to go back to school, so to speak. Nothing like university or anything, but just management classes in general to sit there and listen to that. It's like, oh, God, you know, but, uh, you know, we got to do what we got to do. But, um, you know, so to do all that and then to try and uh, personal life and like I said, with the house and the move and um, my wife and I are really excited to start a new chapter in our lives um, out here and uh, in the in the town of Martinsville. And um, yeah, it, and it's uh, really looking forward to it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the, the growth of the show and hopefully, uh, you know, like I said, the numbers can keep kind of climbing here and uh and, and like I said, and it's a, it's a listener driven show and you guys are the vehicle. And, um, yeah, like I said, uh, hopefully, uh, you tell your friends, Hey, if you, you, you're into the old time hockey, you should check this Darren guy out, fourth line voice. He's got really cool guests on or his rants. He's funny or, you know, or he's a fucking idiot. You should listen to this clown or whatever you whatever. Uh, you know, you, you guys are the billboard, right? You got, um, the more the retweets you can, or the shares online that you can do or, or word of mouth or what have you share the link with someone, tell a friend. Um, that's more than, uh, you know, it would be greatly appreciated. And, um, yeah, I'll just see, see what happens. Uh, this, this whole thing on the hockey podcast network, we started in April of 2020 and, uh, you know, we're, we're still swinging here going into 2022. So, uh, 169 episodes later, it's hard to believe it's a lot of content, uh, I, I put out and, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's uh, I, you know, it's, uh, you, you, for, you know, and it's not that you forget who you've interviewed and stuff, but it's like, there's just so much content, um, um, you, you forget what you've talked about or said or some of the interviews. I mean, each interview has its own parts, but I mean, I couldn't verbatim, obviously, what we talked about in every episode, but uh, with the players and the interviews. But um, I want to thank all the guys who've ever come on the show. They've all been really great with their time, more than generous, um, you know. And and I really wish I could, um, you know, because there are some guys that I've maintained um uh, a relationship with in terms of just texting or sending like, Oh, you check out this fight. Ha ha, you know, or whatever. There's a couple guys, but not many, but like I said, it was, uh, in that moment, those couple hours that I got to talk to them, maybe a, a half an hour or 45 minute phone call to, to set things up a day or two ahead of time. And, um, yeah, I've had some great, uh, conversations with guys and, uh, and even in that, there's that sort of that, um, that connection, I think a lot of times. And, uh, not, not with every guest. I won't lie. There hasn't some of them. I mean, everyone's been cool. I haven't had any issues. Well, I've had a few issues, but um, overall, not you know, everything's been fairly good. And uh, you know, but um, no, and but every once in a while, you you could feel like there's sort of that connection you make with a guy, and uh, and and you you could and you really um, the interview's real solid. It, it flows, and it's like you can talk like your old friends, and uh, and I think it really comes through in the interview. Um, it doesn't happen every time, but it has happened. And then, um, and, and some of the guys that I've ended up talking with offline, Paul Frone, Dean Mayrad, just to name a few, um, really enjoyed the the private conversations. And, uh, you know, yeah, most of the time it's about hockey or a certain guy or what was it like fighting him or what have you, or did you see this fight and blah, blah, blah. But every once in a while with some of the guys, it's gotten, you know, away from hockey and in, in a personal life. And, and um, yeah, I've had a few guys 
you know, open up and tell me some stuff that maybe they wouldn't tell other, you know, I'm surprised they told me, but I think at some point there's also maybe, I don't know if it's just a, uh, just a comfort level, um, which is a real honor to me. Um, you know, I, I, the fact that they're, they're that willing to share, um, you know, was, was, uh, was, was great. And, uh, and I appreciated that. And I, they're, and I appreciate the trust that they have in me. Um, and I'm not going to obviously share those stories that with any, and I haven't, and I never will. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and it's been a lot of fun, um, getting to know certain guys and, uh, like I said, talking to all the guys, but, uh, on a private level with some of them, Kent Stanforth's been, uh, I, I can't even talk about how generous Kent's been. It's, uh, it's outstanding. And, uh, I, I keep trying to tell him that I, I want to get him back on the show. I don't know. He keeps trying to, avo- he keeps avoiding that topic, I think, but I'd love to have him back on, um, but yeah, next time, of course, with travel and everything, and not many people go in places right now, or we certainly didn't. But uh, in the future, when I get up back, we always go up to Edmonton at some point. Uh, you know, we're going through Lloydminster there. Fountain Tire, if you're in Lloydminster, Kent Santaforth, owner-operator, Fountain Tire in Lloydminster. Tremendous. If you need tires, Kent's your guy. Um, absolutely. He's a good dude. But hey, just go in. I guess his office. His office is cool as shit. Some of the stuff he's got in there. But... Um, yeah, no, Kent has been awesome. Paul Frone's been great. Um, Mar- Marco Cefalo, uh, Chris McAllister, McMorrow, all these guys that, um, you know, Joey Tedarenko that have been just great with their time. All the guys have been great with their time. And, uh, and you know, Jeff Audrey, Dakota Audrey. Uh, uh, the Audrey family has just been tremendous talking to those guys. Um, yeah, I wish them nothing but the best in the farming and, and all the guys. And then, of course, not even the players, but... Uh, Jay in Iowa and, uh, Farmer Rob and, of course, Alec and, uh, Dr. Chris and, um, yeah, John Searson and all those guys that, that have come on the show. William and, uh, Chris, my recent guest, there, Y2J. Tremendous. And all those guys have been a lot of fun. Um, uh, John from the Fight League. I hope you're doing well out there. Um, yeah. All you guys have been just great. I, I always love, it's always great talking to the players because you watch the videos and it's great to get the stories and the behind the scenes stuff and, and all that's awesome. But, um, I, I definitely have a, uh, kind of the, you have that connection with fight fans that, um, doesn't matter what region you were in or what you were, you were growing up. We're all similar in our fandom, you know, through the tapes and the message boards and all that, all the little fight nerd sites and whatever. That was kind of our thing, right? And, uh, to make connections with people and to talk to the guys and, uh, the, the, my fellow fans, um, that's probably been the most fun. And, uh, those interviews are great and I, I like doing them and, um, yeah, and I'm, and I'm, I'm definitely hoping to continue those. Um, it's, like I said, it's been great having you guys on and, and again, Alec and Jay and, uh, Chris and, and Searson and all, and Yuko out in Finland and, all you guys have been just um, tremendous assets, not only to the show, but but really, I mean, air quotes, but it's like, fr- and friends. I mean, yeah, okay, we haven't met in person. It's, you know, whatever you, can be weird internet friends or whatever, but we've talked so much. It's like, you think you know, you, you feel like you know these people. And you know, they're, you know, they've talked to their wives. We don't talk just about hockey. We talk about lots of things under the sun, right? So, um, and it's been really great getting to know these guys and talk with them and, uh, yeah, and they really truly, I, I do consider them friends and, uh, yeah, and, um, 
Yeah, and that wouldn't be possible without this show, and um, or social or the Twitter account for the show, and that's how you get to meet these guys in the first place. And and like I said, there's so many people that I could name of the UK fan, like you know Ward and Sam Bell and and uh, and everybody um, and Paul over the with the Fight League and or the or the fight fight British fight videos and yeah, I mean everybody over there has just been. Um, um, yeah, like I said, I've, I've said this before, and, but to sit here and think that in little old Saskatchewan, sitting with my little cheap microphone, yelling into it that somebody in Sheffield is listening, you know, or in Russia, Zoltan in Russia, you know, Zoltan, hope you're doing well. Um, we gotta make some, work some more trades. Um, yeah, I mean, that's mind blowing, really, when you think about it. And, uh, it's across the world, right? And, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's been unbelievable, and and like I say, closer to home here with Chris and Tony, and of course my brother Ryan, and uh, you know they they've been, you know they've always they've supported the show, and uh, yeah, and, and it's meant a lot, and uh, you know, and you in and, and criticism, and it's constructive criticism, and and I and I, I love hearing it because. Um, that's the only way you're going to get better, right? And is to get that, and uh, and and they've offered that, and their and their praise, and their and their uh, suggestions, and and it's it's been a lot of fun, and um, you know to know that they're, you know they they proudly sort of support the show and and what have you, it, it uh, that means a lot, and uh, yeah, and like I said, what's it started out, uh, and, and, you know, yeah, it always will be a hobby. I mean, uh, but uh, you know to. To be able to make, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna lie, hey, make a few bucks on the side doing this as a side hustle, as the kids say, that's been really cool too. To to talk, to not only talk about your hobby as in the fight collecting and all that, but talk to the players and you get to hear the stories behind the scenes and you know, um, yeah, it, it's been it's all been really fun and uh, and an unbelievable journey. And uh, like I said, when I, when we I first started on my own show and you know you get a you know twenty or thirty listens and you know, and you're, you're going along and, you know, you, you know, it's all of a sudden you're, you wake up one day and you're, then we're, you know, well, I was number one in the UK with my Zach Fitzgerald interview and, uh, you know, to have the number one hockey podcast over in a different country across the pond is, uh, you know, or been 18 in Canada is all, you know, you just kind of just mind blowing and yeah, maybe for one day or two days, but Hey, I got, I got it for one day. Right. So that's all, you know, uh, you know, I still have the screenshot when I was ahead of Don Cherry's podcast. Yeah, it was for less than 24 hours, but I got it. So it was, um, yeah, it was, it, it's just been, it's just been, it's humbling and it's mind blowing. And, uh, yeah, to, to think, like I said, just some idiot in his back room here yelling about, you know, Jersey tie downs or something. And, uh, yeah, guys, I, uh, I know I've 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 i beat I I can't say it any more any different ways but to I to thank you guys I can't enough I can't say it enough and uh, like I said I I want to continue I'm going to continue to do this I'm going to continue to do the best that I can uh, some, like I said some episodes might be better than others uh, I might I might not be feeling good or under the weather or tired or or just you know I'm rushed or whatever but I'm always going to try to bring you guys content I'm going to I'm going to give you the best that I have that day. To, to to bring you the show and um and and I thank you for listening and uh if you're new I can't thank you enough for 
for for coming aboard and hopefully and putting the fourth line voice show in your rotation. I know every there's only so much time in the day that people have to listen to, and there's so many other podcasts. Not only hockey, but you know everyone has other podcasts that they listen to, and I understand that. And um, the fact that I'm one of those is is very humbling, and I appreciate it. And uh, I hopefully I can continue to bring you guys some good stuff. But uh, yeah, guys, I know I've I've sort of just rambled here about a bunch of nothing for the last hour, but. Uh, yeah, there's the season, the 2021 in review, and uh, hopefully we can do it again next year, 2022 this time, and uh, you know, and you guys will still be around, and maybe we'll have a few more years listening. And uh, and like I said, um, I I know I've said it a bunch of times. I've been saying it for how many years now about the merchandise. Um, I have some des- I do have some designs. I have talked to a company. Hopefully, here early into 2022. Uh, I, we're, I'm going to get something out. Um, is that's not just going to be fourth line voice logo t-shirts. I mean, obviously that'll be one of them, but, uh, I have some ideas for some other stuff as well. Um, and, uh, I'm really looking forward to bringing that to you guys, but, uh, we will, like I said, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but it's definitely, it is being worked on guys. But, uh, yeah, with that, uh, I will sign off now, but I want to, uh, again, what a, 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 in terms of podcasting world and the, never mind the world, the, the reality of world in our little pretend radio world here in the podcast world, in my little podcast world, it was a, it was a real big year for my show, uh, gained a lot of new listens and, um, and I, and, and it was great. And, uh, hopefully we'll get bigger and better here in 2022. Again, thank you everyone so much for listening. If you, if you have questions, comments, any time, any, if you, hey, get a hold of me on social media. Honestly, send me a private message. Love hearing from you guys. I love conversing with you guys. And, uh, if you're not on social media, you're smarter than the rest of us. Uh, hockey fights, all one word, at hotmail.com. Seriously, drop me an email anytime about anything. You guys want if you're looking for a fight DVD, let me know. I, I'll if I don't have it, I could try to point you in the right direction, or a fight picture or anything. Um, yeah, or if you just want to leave a comment or a question, or if you have a show idea or you want to come on the show, if you have a story to tell, please email me, and uh, I am I'm more than happy to 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 hear your feedback. But uh, all right, guys, I hope everyone has uh, a happy and and healthy new year. And uh, let's let's be good to each other. I know the world is uh, can be a real shitty place sometimes, but uh, you know if uh, if we all can do our little part to make our surroundings and those around us better, we make the world a little better. So I hope everybody will do that. And uh, thank you very much again. Have a happy New Year, twenty twenty one. Let's we're we're blowing up twenty twenty two, and uh, I will talk to you guys in January. Thank you, everybody, again for listening, and uh, stay safe, guys. Hey, I'll talk to you in 2022. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?